Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Nerdy Show. This is State of the Empire, a Star Wars speculation podcast where we look for news in Alderaan places. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Hex. Hey, I'm Doug. Mark with a C here. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks back, uh, the, the biggest news ever dropped that Disney was buying Lucasfilm. What? And uh, and so we did it. We did a podcast about it post haste. We talked about our reactions and everything. And and then in the weeks that followed, more news just started pouring in. And we're like, oh, my God, like we could we could do another podcast about Star- we could do another podcast about Star Wars. Yeah. Like We should do another yeah. podcast <laughs> about Star Wars. So uh, State of the Empire is a reoccurring nerdy show segment. You know, just another part of Nerdy Show, just like the book club or a Nerdy Show comic show. And uh, every uh, every other week, every couple of weeks or so, when, when the news breaks, yeah, when the news breaks, we'll we'll be here as needed. State we'll of the Empire for you, because we're excited. Because this is not just about Star Wars; it's about all of Lucasfilm, uh, except except for Indiana Jones. That's uh, Paramount's got that. You know, since we're talking about the Empire, I want to take a pause real quick. I want to know everyone's favorite Imperial, <laughs> Darth Vader. I don't know. What, what do you expect? <laughs> it's the best one. Hex, what do, you, what do you want? General Veers. He's the one motherfucker that was reliable and didn't fuck up. For those that don't know, General Veers. Was... I know who General Veers yeah. is. We know who, Shut we, up. We've interviewed General Veers. Yeah, we did. <laughs> without Darth Vader, you have no General Veers. My vote goes for Vader. God. But without General Veers, they would have never taken Hoth. Because he would have had to like leave it up to Admiral Oswald. He's like, oh, I know better than you, Vader. We got to get to the news, man. We can't argue so with the I'm just saying, shout out to Veers. <laughs> <laughs> if there's time at the end, I'll give you who my real answer is. I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you for real what my real answer best, best Imperial is. We'll get to that. You may be surprised, sir. All right, so here's the... fucking Piet. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Episode 7 comes out in 2015. So there's a lot of things that are going to happen. We're going we're gonna to hear rumors. We're going to hear truths. We're going to hear things that are maybe truth, but kind of look like a rumor, and we got to kind of decide... And we're going to hear flat-out lies. Yeah, lies. People are gonna, we're going we're gonna to lie to you. People are going to people are gonna lie to I'm you. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I'm going to tell the that truth. That might be a lie. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? <laughs> oh, no, it's a logic problem. I'm a, I'll put it this way. I'm only going to report things that I think are maybe true. We are going to be the used car salesmen of Star Wars podcasts. <laughs> so, like the early C three PO. So now that I'm, you know, we're not going to go the used car salesman route. We're going to then go the British Butler route. <laughs> There's a lot of things that have been said about Star Wars Episode Seven in the past. Growing up, you know, we had, we had the, the the special editions, and that was you know when Lucas started talking about. You know, we always knew that the next movies were going to be one, two, and three on account of he'd made four, five, and six, and well you're not going to do seven eight and nine <laughs> right, you know right, like right. right then so we there was always you know the, the prequels the prequels the prequels but as we started becoming conscious about all these things that only then was when lucas started dialing back him talking about seven eight and nine because prior to that he it had been something that was happening and he was actually pretty loud about if you asked him about it there was he'd never say no i'm not doing that but around the time of special edition and getting consistently louder up until a couple of years ago all he was saying was, I'm not doing that. Not and, only did he say that, he said that 789 would never happen. Right. So I, there's been confusion, to say the least. It, well, it's, 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 George Lucas has been consistently inconsistent. Right. At oh. some points he said, <laughs> it's a nine-part saga that has a beginning, middle, and an end. It progresses over a period of about 50 to 60 years with about 20 years between trilogies, each trilogy taking about six or seven years. He says, I got, I got titles and 10-page story outlines for each of the nine episodes. But they've all changed and, so much, and, it's like, who even knows anymore? Right. And then and then he went on to be like, in 2002, he said, 
basically what I said was a joke. Maybe when Harrison and Carrie <laughs> are in their seventies, we'll uh, we'll come back and we'll do another version. You know, I, he's like, I just I just said that. I just I just said I, that. I repeatedly. think he's just covering is that is that he probably did have original things, but then when he he's like, oh yeah, I got those notes, and then he's like, all right, let me open up that drawer, crack out those notes, dust them off, and go. Oh wait, this is not what we filmed at all. This is a totally different story. This is uh, okay. Well, then maybe we don't have it. There's a page which we'll link to, and it's an it's a compilation on Wikipedia. It's called the Star Wars Sequel Trilogy, and it's got. Uh, basically a bunch of bullet points of every time Lucas has said something about 7, 8, and 9 dating from about 80 to 89, and then all the times that he's then refuted it. But what we know is that um, if it's anything based on his previous notes, it could take place 20 years after, so good timing. Um, <laughs> it is likely to involve older versions of the characters, but they may actually be as old as in their 60s or 70s. Mm-hmm. Good cover. <laughs> well, that was even way back before. That's not recent. That's like, right? That's like what, what Lucas was saying. That's what Lucas was saying in the 80s. Yeah, so that's that's actually a very happy coincidence. Yeah. And it's still a good cover. Yep. <laughs> um, we know that uh, there's a chance that Luke would have a romantic relationship with a female love interest. And when was that stated? That was, he said that in uh, 1988, actually. It's one of the later ones. So that's so, still but who pre-Mara knows? Who knows? Jade. Yeah. Right. And uh, at one point, Mark Hamill said in 2004 that uh, he'd end up doing a cameo in episode 8. Uh, like Obi-Wan handing the lightsaber down to the next New Hope. I don't know if that was Mark Hamill writing his own destiny or if that was something that George Lucas told him. Well, now, uh, on what you said about them possibly, you know, being uh, the characters being 60s in their 60s and 70s, being like that much far ahead, do you guys know offhand how old Mark Hamill and uh, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher are? Do not. Mark Hamill is 61. Oh, hey. Carrie Fisher is 56. Harrison Ford is 70. (laughs) Well, they better hurry. I thought, well, maybe they make him look older, and in some cases, no, maybe they sir. Have That's to. why I laughed because I'm just like, oh wow, maybe that will be actually really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep, it's coming true, whether he wanted it to or not. Uh, now you mentioned Mara Jade. Uh, Mara Jade, of course, Luke's very famous expanded universe love interest, who was introduced in Timothy Zahn's Thrawn trilogy. Yeah, and uh, what we know about that has conclusively been stated: this seven, eight, nine is not going to be the Thrawn trilogy. Not only have they said that it's not based on pre-existing Star Wars material, but Timothy Zahn himself has said, the Thrawn trilogy takes place between Episode 6 and Episode 7, so there's no way that it could be the same thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Take from that what you will. As far as Zahn knows, uh, the third film trilogy would involve Luke Skywalker's children, as each of the films involve a different generation of Skywalkers. Now, is that based on like early notes he got from Lucas or something, or is that just like his speculation? That is how it was written, yeah. It suggested mm-hmm. that, that he this is based on things that he knows, or at least was led to believe. Like restrictions that he wasn't allowed to mess with. Right. Okay, okay. That may mean quite a lot coming from him, since, he, except for a Splinter of the Mind's Eye, he was like the, the Star the Wars guy. novel. Now, uh, biggest news for um, Episode 7... Uh, and I honestly, I didn't expect to have anything Concrete. this huge so yeah. soon, yeah. but yeah. we got a screenwriter. Yeah. Yeah. Screenplay by Michael Arndt. Ooh. And he uh, uh, is best known uh, for Little Miss Sunshine and Toy Story 3. Nice. He actually won an Oscar for writing Little Miss Sunshine. And was, and was nominated for was the other. Nominated for Toy Story 3. So uh, everything this guy's done has been pretty good. And what I really like about his work with uh, Toy Story 3 is it's him taking an established franchise and building off it and keeping it genuine. Like, it didn't feel like it was Mm -hmm. odd. It felt like how it needed to end. It was so weird growing up with Toy Story and then as an adult seeing Toy Story 3, I'm like, 
This is wow. When you put it that way, it's like, dude, we I grew up with Toy Story and Star Wars. I hope that's that. I'm a little bit more excited now because of that that <laughs> comparison. Actually, I didn't think about that. So uh, I'm. That's why I got really excited on this announcement. And you know he he he's been in Star Wars. It's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. yeah. And best of all, he's uh he's very adept at invoking nostalgia without pulling your heartstrings in a really predictable way. Right, right. And not beating you over the head with, oh, look what I did there. It's a reference. Exactly. Uh, the big proving ground for him is going to be that he wrote a film called Oblivion that's coming out soon. It's a uh, Tom Cruise sci-fi movie from the director of Tron Legacy. So mm, not sure if want. Oh, Tom Cruise, but like you Tom know how Cruise. you know you know my boner Tom, for Tr- Tron Legacy. Hey, Tom Cruise is a ridiculous person and a ridiculously good actor. Yeah, he that like, I won't argue with. I don't know uh, how this Jack Reacher is going to go, but he he's picked pretty good movies so far to yeah. do. Like I can't remember the last bad. And if Tom anyone it, like if anyone does talk bad on Tom Cruise, I'm just going to direct them to uh, Tropic Thunder and go just. Yeah, it's like if you don't love him after Tropic Thunder, it's like come on, man, give him a break. He's a little crazy, <laughs> you, but that's all right, man. Tropic I'm gonna Thunder. raise my hand and say, you know, I'm just not that impressed with Tom Cruise. I think that if, if any you're not actor... impressed with Tom Cruise, you need to see Born on the Fourth of July, my friend. No, I've seen it, seen it, not terribly impressed. Then I don't know what to tell you. That's kind of like saying, what you didn't like Peter Mayhew's off Broadway play? Have you seen him covered in hair? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so here's what we know about Michael Arndt. This is a little bit of hearsay, but I think it's also pretty valid. He's turned in a 40 to 50 page treatment for episode seven. Uh, and this treatment includes older versions of Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and Lando. Yes! Yeah. Lando's, Lando's the one that was a surprise for me, because I'm like, I, I can I can do with more some with some more of Lando. We, we can all do with some more Lando. And Billy D is like, he's still doing his own voice, be it on Robot Chicken or Star Wars Detours. Exactly, yeah. And for anyone who hasn't seen it already, you got to go to YouTube, type in Billy D. Williams, Colt 45. Oh, yeah. And tell me this guy ain't the coolest. And Billy D. has also appeared in this music video online on YouTube called the uh, uh, Star Wars Ewok Gospel. It's a gospel song talking about how the Ewoks are always like looked down upon by fans, but they need to be like uh looked at much better wait hold on what billy d williams himself is in the video as like the preacher of of like the church that this is filming in or whatever (laughs) i didn't imagine it what is that it's a real thing it's a music video is it it fan thing it's a fan it is a fan this sounds too amazing to have fallen under my radar no i know it's i i promise you it's for real hold on mark have you heard of this no hang on hang on i'm typing this in now okay and i know and here's the other reason why i know about it because like i saw it online back when it came out and it was awesome and (laughs) at star wars week a few years ago uh warwick davis was at star wars weekends i saw him do his like a little uh, uh on stage show like where they interview oh why is it gotta be little dude I, why do you even make it, dude? <laughs> I wasn't going there but dude warwick davis is on stage doing the interview and hey let's face it when it comes to warwick davis nothing is little it's all huge it's huge no comment warwick davis this dude in the audience stands up and he's like man Warwick Davis, how do you feel about the Ewoks ruining Star Wars? And he's like, you know what? He grabs the microphone, he gets up like a pro wrestler. He's like, I'm sick and tired of everyone saying this or whatever. And then, you know what? I brought something here that I'm going to show you. And then he, he's like, roll the tape. And it was all an act, but it was a lead in to the Star Wars gospel, Ewok gospel video. What? And they showed it at Star Wars Weekends to that, to that crowded room or whatever. So I know I'm not making it up. <laughs> you got to look it up. It's very good if you haven't seen it. It's right in front of me now. We'll link it on this episode's page. 
So we know in our hearts that Billy D. Williams is going to appear in oh, episode seven yes. if he's invited. Oh, God. But yes. we do actually know that uh, as far as Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford are concerned, they have all uh, Harrison Ford. They've all said, yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I was very surprised that Harrison Ford was was even remotely interested because I just because he's turned down everything at every possible chance. Well, yeah, because like the we were there was an article that I read that was saying how every time they wanted to do like a, a cast reunion or something, he was always saying no, even if it was an official Lucasfilm reunion. He was always just like, no, nah, I'm not interested. No, but he's never really. been a celebration. Yeah, he's never been a celebration, and he and uh, there was in that same article there was a quote where he just said that he never really understood it. He was just like, I never really understood the Star Wars thing because at the end of the day, he's an actor, and he's always like slightly criticized uh, Lucas's writing for the original trilogy, saying he people don't talk like this, you know, and you know George he he didn't really understand how characters are supposed to change, and he wanted Han Solo to die at the end of Return of the Jedi. So I can understand why he was reluctant. But now when he's like, yes, I'm like, well. Hot damn! Maybe uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe there's another there's a new hope for Han Solo after all. Harrison Ford, original anti-hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we actually learned um, at some point, I think just after our recording, that in August 2012, um, uh, Lucas had a sit down, like a lunch meeting with uh, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, where he yeah. said, "Look, uh, we're making some new movies. Um, I'm not going to be directing them." No, it was. I believe it was actually in June. And he announced. He told them that, and that, Ka- they, that they were going to make seven, eight, Kathy nine. Kathy was going to be take. Kathy Kennedy was going to be taken over as CEO of Lucasfilm. He didn't mention the, the Disney buyout was not mentioned, but seven, eight, and nine was mentioned. Yeah. Right. New news relating to the business of Star Wars, Kathleen Kennedy, Disney. Right. Mm-hmm. This is via an recent Entertainment Weekly article. Kathleen Kennedy says that the studio plans to make two to three Star Wars films a year. Now that's Ooh. that's that's a weird thing to say. I mean, they just they just, they just announced seven, eight, and nine. They want to make two to three movies a year, and that makes me think of what Disney is doing with Marvel movies right now. Mm-hmm. Right, where which, that is, they're that is building the, franchises. That is the largest running theory for what this could possibly mean. At the very least, it means at some point we're going to get a Boba Fett solo film because think about. The raw, unadulterated money Holy bubbling up out of the ground God, of that represents. Well, that the, so well, there was bad. a while back when when Lucas was talking about a live action Star Wars uh, TV show. Yeah. I remember at the time, uh, like all the speculation of what it was going to be, and I'm like, dude, you know what they should do? Young Boba Fett, Boba Fett becoming the bounty hunter, going from a young boy to being the badass bounty hunter, because that ta- that would even take place during the precious Clone Wars period. But they never really dropped about what it was going to be. They never said what time period it would be in or anything like that. Apparently, they still want to make a TV show. Yeah, it's weird to me that they, you know, after doing <laughs> so many seasons of the Clone Wars animated series, um, which has both been good and more recently god awful, according to our Star Wars correspondent Matt Spill, who sadly couldn't be here with us tonight. He had a lot of faith in that, and it let him down. So like that thing's been it's been run into the ground. Hmm. Uh, so what what more could they do in the Clone Wars? Yet they still persist that no, if we do this television show, it's going to be set in the Clone Wars. I don't know. Uh, one of the rumors that I've seen most pervasively that I mean, of course, we're in this whole flux state of we don't really know anything, even what we think we know, because we're so far off from a release date. Right. But the most pervasive rumor I've seen reposted everywhere, every social network is that. Darth Vader is supposed to be supposedly resurrected for no, 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 episode no, 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 no. seven. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta nip this. Nip yeah, this down if right you've away. if you've heard this and you think it's true, shame on you. You've been lied to, guys. You've been lied to. The the article is originally from uh, the UK Examiner, which is the equivalent of uh, the National Enquirer. I don't, I don't know yeah. how much about how much you dear listeners know about UK tabloids. They're worse than American tabloids. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, in the article itself, if you go read the original article, it says, in quotes, 
an industry insider. Why does that need quotations around? If it was a true industry insider, why does it have quotes around it? That's like that's that's the uh, not a proper use of quotations. Right. It's basically imagine uh, someone posting, retweeting, yeah. retweeting a story from the uh, a National Enquirer about Bigfoot. Michael, uh, Michael, Arn- Bigfoot is going to be playing Chewbacca. Michael Arn is too good of a writer to say, "Hey, people like Darth Vader, and what's Star Wars without Darth Vader? It's not Star Wars." Like that's that's George Lucas thinking. That's but not- it also could be sort of a, if there were truth to it, could be possible in simply uh, an angel and a devil on a shoulder sort of flashback. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> hey, well, we've seen well, premonitions of Vader you know, before. It's not as if they haven't done this with Obi-Wan for three fucking films. It's true, yeah, yeah. But but that was the whole thing about that the end be, of, that em, the whole, at the end of em, uh, of Jedi. Oh, boy. He's not Vader anymore. He's Anakin We can now. get some spectral yeah. Hayden Christensen. Ha-cha-cha. Oh, God. <laughs> I just, I'm no longer hungry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe he'll um, you know he'll finally deliver the performance he wanted to gonna, with someone to, else directing him. Huh? We're gonna have to save the debate uh, Hayden Hayden versus original Mannequin, Mannequin Skywalker for, uh, for another episode because that's, that's a whole other thing. So the biggest thing is who's directing this movie? Uh, who's okay. gonna make us want to watch this movie? Yeah, and no, I, I I'll, I'll let Cap go first with you with the list of what you got. Fortunately, some enterprising reporters out there are helping us knock people off the list. Mm-hmm. So we got Steven Spielberg saying. No, no, no. It's not my genre. It's my fr- best friend George's genre. Quentin Tarantino said, I could care so less, especially if Disney's going to do it. I'm not interested in the Simon West version of Star Wars. Zack Snyder was asked, and he said, I don't think I'd be interested in directing it. I'm a huge Star Wars fanatic. I just don't think doing 7, 8, and 9 is it's just a slippery slope. It's a whole other mythological experiment. I'm excited to see, but it's a lot of effort. And more recently, J.J. Abrams officially declined yeah he said i'm looking forward to the next iterations of star wars but i'll be going as a paying movie goer i got i got one more a definite no yeah brad bird oh really yeah that sucks brad he was, bird gave a definite no okay brad bird's the director of iron giant mission impossible 4 ghost protocol and the, the incredibles. incredibles yeah i was i was pulling for him but you know he's he, he said he would rather pay to see it in a theater and I can respect yeah. that. And he was on the hot list of, as far as speculation goes because he's a Pixar guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's what we've got for um, for a- ambiguity. Uh, John Favreau was um, he was open to the idea. Yeah. He expressed interest in it. Yeah. Huh. Um, and this this is <laughs> this is my favorite one so far. Uh, Guillermo del Toro said, if approached by Disney, he would consider it. But quote, it's like thinking if I would want to date a supermodel, I don't think about these things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how he's realistic. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do have a short list of other of other directors that were rumored to be high on the list on Disney's list. Yeah, uh, Matthew Vaughn, director of Layer Cake, Stardust, Kick Ass, and X Men: First Class. Whoa, which really seems like the most likely one out of the lists I've seen. The other uh, name that was high on the list, uh, rumored to be high on Disney's list, was Colin Trevorrow. Trevorrow. Yeah, from Sa- he directed Safety Not Guaranteed. Uh, movie he- movie just came out. It's like a romantic comedy disguised as a time travel movie. Yeah, I, I didn't see. I heard good things. So I mean, that's that's good. Other names that were tossed around, uh, the, these were ones that were supposedly not on Disney's list. The reason why I pulled this up is because uh, in the recent video with Kathleen Kennedy and George Lucas, she mentioned that she might possibly would like to pick a director who she's worked with before as a mm. producer. And I got a list of names here of, of directors that she's worked with as a producer. And I'll go da- I'll go down some of this list. That's a lot of people. She's produced a lot of movies. Yeah, so here's here's a couple names. Peter, fifty percent of them are Steven Spielberg. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's true. Peter Jackson. Ooh, but that's not very likely. No. All things considered, Joe Dante, who did Gremlins one and two, Explorers, Inner Space, Small Soldiers, and Looney Tunes Back in Action. That's 
Not too likely, but you know, it's she, he, he's worked with her. Richard Donner, director of Superman. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And the Lethal Weapon series. And the Goonies. <laughs> uh, I don't know how likely he is. Robert Zemeckis. Ooh. Because uh, she worked with him on uh, Back to the Future, all the Back to the Futures. I don't know. I don't know what uh, Zemeckis is working on right now. He just finished Flight, so maybe his schedule is open. I, I'm not sure. Uh, he's so he's possible. Another name, uh, Joe Johnston. He did Honey I Shrunk the Kids, The Rocketeer, Jumanji, Captain America. That's a poss- that's a possible one that she's worked with. Holy monkey! She's actually worked with Ron Howard. Ron Howard, of course, did Willow and the. Uh, <sighs> Tell you uh, what, guys. I I. I sh- that that alone makes me just want to like bump bump the level, I, yeah. the level up to, I, to llama. Maybe. I, I, <laughs> I really I, I'm re- do, do, do our listeners know about the Willow Watch? Well, we're, Willow we're, Watch we're, level? we're getting to that. Okay, we'll save that okay. for the end. Uh, but uh, um, so he did Willow, Apollo thirteen, Beautiful Mind, uh, The Da Vinci Code. I mean, you know, so Ron he's, fucking he's great. Howard. Ron fucking Howard. Yeah, one of my uh, other favorites is Gennady Tartakovsky. He did the Clone Wars two D animated. She didn't work with him, but he is like a name that's being tossed around now as someone who should do it, but no one's approached him. He, he does, however, have uh, based on the success of Hotel Transylvania, he's been given a three picture deal exactly. with uh, with those uh, with whatever studio that and he, was. And he has experience with it in the past. I'm just saying he's not available. That's what I'm saying. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Uh, now here are three other names. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna build it up here. This is uh, these are three other names that she's worked with before, but I don't know how likely it is. Martin Scorsese. Oh God! <laughs> Clint Gritty Eastwood. realism of Hoth. <laughs> <laughs> so Martin Scorsese, Clint Eastwood, David Fincher. I don't think. Now here's the thing. I don't think any of those are likely, but I've saved one for last. He is my current second favorite. Nobody, anywhere that I have seen or heard, has mentioned this guy's name. He is a great director. He'd be perfect for Star Wars. He's worked with Kathleen Kennedy. Frank Oz. Ooh. Ooh. Frank Oz has directed The Dark Crystal. Yeah. Muppets Take Manhattan, Little Shop of Horrors, Indian in the Cupboard, and Bowfinger. Pretty much every movie he's ever made has a Star Wars reference in it. Yeah. That's it. Start a petition. Like, seriously. like And if you're going to have older Luke Skywalker, who better to direct than Frank Oz? (laughs) And I mean, and not just from like a Jedi Master Padawan way, but like they worked together on that damn swamp set on Dagobah for how many months? Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they worked together like straight up. So he gets my vote for sure. If anyone's listening, take that to the bank. Like go, go, go get Frank Oz. At least get, let's, let's hear him say what's, no. What's that Hollywood least. stock website where you, you pretend to the like. Hollywood stock exchange yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bet on Doug there's here. No, yeah. There's no real. I mean, I don't know. No one's mentioned him, but he's. I can't believe no one's mentioned him. How could he? How could you not? That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, producer Frank Marshall, husband of Kathleen Kennedy and longtime collaborator with her, said that in the search for a director, it was down to a couple of candidates. Yeah. No. Oh, oh going back to that really quick. Uh, uh, they asked Colin uh, Trevorrow. Um, he was cornered at a like a red carpet event, and they asked, uh, "What are the what, what what about the rumors of you possibly being a director?" He's like, "Well, whoever they get to do it, they need to really want to do it." And he was a little little you know, he's playing a little coy or whatever. And um, then when asked for further comment, he's like, well, that wasn't a denial. He then said something along the lines of, I can't say anymore. 
So interesting. Yeah, well, I, I don't. That know. also seems like a guy who just knows how to talk to the press too. Yeah, and it's like well, he, he's only really done the one big movie, you know. He, so he, I don't. He's you young. Know, I, I, he's I, a young. But guy. it's all, no, no, no. But I, I, but Mark I'm, makes a great point. It's like if you want the press to talk about you, you need to be yeah. like it's optimistically true. enigmatic. It's true. Um, but take that for whatever. Because at that point, the press is going to be talking about you. Like, oh, the press is already talking about Trevorrow. And really I mean, because when you think about it, it sounds like a guy who's saying. Well, I didn't say I wanted a relationship, but I didn't say that right. was a one-night stand, you know? Right. Uh, and also, in related Frank Marshall news, when asked for comments about Indiana Jones 5, uh, he said, we're not really talking about it. Nothing has changed. So, And he did say it's kind of taken a back... It's on the back seat. It's, in the, it's on the back burner good. until they sort Star Wars out. Good. Yeah. Good. 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 Uh, this is just a blurb. Uh, there's a speculation that uh, Disney and Hasbro at the high levels are talking to each other about a purchase. Disney buying Hasbro, mm-hmm. the guys who have the license for Marvel and Star Wars action figures. Now, this is something that could. We're not going to spend much time on this. This could happen years down the line. We're definitely going to speculate more on this later. Uh, just going to let you guys know that's out there. It's not a rumor that they're in talks about something. Mm-hmm. All right. But now it's time for Willow Watch. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Willow Watch, uh, once they announced Star Wars being bought out, we then said, okay, well, what, what are the other franchises? What are they going to do? What are the other <gasps> franchises? Indiana Jones Willow. and Willow. So, what's the deal with Willow? When are we going to get something on Willow? When are we going to get a Blu ray at least and anything? We want another Willow film. I think most nerds like Willow. It's, it's <laughs> so. I mean, if you don't like Willow, that's just because you haven't seen it yet, or you haven't seen it as as, as an adult, maybe. Yeah. Well, you guys remember nine eleven, right? Yeah. Who yeah. could forget? Exactly. Yeah. Who, yeah. who could forget nine eleven? Oh yeah, yeah, that happened. Yeah. yeah. Right. So so remember they they, they had the, those those cute little uh, color coding things. I think they still have them at airports, right? So they uh-huh. they got the different color levels. It's cute, right? So we're gonna do that with Willow, but it's gonna be animals. Because, based on the Willow be, film, because Finn Rizel, you know, she she had to she had to fight her way through the animal kingdom to get back to old lady form. Yeah, I actually she made, started. I made a list of. I actually started a list in rank of smaller animals growing into and in, in, in film order and also in size. So she starts it, as a fuzzy. Well, she well she started as a uh, as a possum in a tree. But we're we're gonna go a little bit further than that because really nothing's been announced. Ron Howard is currently. She was. They were previously at Possum. Yeah, yeah. Because we thought there was never going to so be. So we're, we're starting. So I mean, if we were going to see, we had a Possum never, spike back there. Yeah. But if, it, if there was a, if there was never any news of Willow, we're going to say it's that disappearing piglet from the beginning <laughs> when he's making the pig disappear. We're a disappearing piglet. Ron Howard. He is finishing up work uh, on a couple things. He's supposed. He's supposedly going to work on a Jay Z documentary. Um, once that's done, he may rise up to reappearing piglet. I think. <laughs> I'm 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 really pulling for Ron Howard to to say something about about Willow or anyone at this point. We can get some word. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you know it's only a matter of time. I mean, obviously, obviously their focus is on Star Wars, mm-hmm. but uh, you know I, I think you know it's only a matter of time before we start hearing more about Willow, other things, uh, the Radioland murders. You know, anything with Lucas branding on it, they paid a lot of money for this. They're not going to let it go to waste. Mm-hmm. So your current official, I think the official Willow watch at this point is going to be disappearing. Pick. I mean, if Marvel at this point is working on a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I don't think it's unlikely that under Disney, once again, Lucasfilm is like, you know what? What's let's another have, property that... Let's throw a cameo by Howard the Duck in there. Like, it, why not? If, if like, we see Marvel re-release their graphic novel adaptation of the script of Willow featuring the deleted uh, water monster scene, man, that, that the, our scale is going to spike right then because we'll be like, <laughs> yeah. oh man, these they're, companies well, they're, are they're they're going up to Raven. We're going to have to go up to Raven. They are gauging interest <laughs>
Right now, we got a um, monthly support drive, as we do, because we're a listener-funded podcast. Thank you for and giving us your hard-earned money. Listener-funded network of podcasts, actually. So uh, we, c- we couldn't do this without you, honestly. It takes uh, our bare minimum requirements for the month. Uh, it's just us running and everything is uh, 300 bucks a month. That's what we have to make a month. After that, we start applying it to special projects and everything. We, uh, we like to play games with everyone. So right now, we've got the November 2012 support drive right now is... Themed around Ghostbusters Resurrection. The money still goes to Nerdy Show, which is actually some misunderstanding about. Like, in the past, uh, Flame On, our all-gay, all-geek podcast, they uh, they had a support drive. And uh, we got the money that we needed for uh, for just keeping the show alive and everything. And they applied the rest of it to a special project. The same thing could happen with Ghostbusters, but we keep all that on the table. If we were doing it, you'd know about it. If we were buying jumpsuits for the Ghostbusters, right, you'd, you'd know, you'd know yeah, about yeah. it. So, uh, basically, if you get us $400, we'll be able to cover costs. And uh, with inflated prices... Ghostbusters Resurrection will be able to buy a box of Twinkies. <laughs> at, the, at the going right now, yeah. Oh, jeez. So, so we have this Ghostbusters Resurrection uh, support drive, and the way it works is Ghostbusters Resurrection is a tabletop role-playing podcast that uh, Doug is the game master of. It's incredible. Uh, season one is released in its entirety on Nerdy Show. You guys just recorded the first episode of season two. And we just did the second one as well. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, so season two is, is well in production, and you can contribute to that. You could choose a haunting or ghost for them to bust. And you basically get to either just say, I want him to bust uh, what, uh, David Lopan. Bust, yeah. da- bust David Lopan. <laughs> or, or Slenderman. Yeah. Or any other you, famous you could just, one. You could just say that. Bust Slenderman. Or you could create a special scenario as, uh, as the two current ones have done. We have, uh, we have two of them. God. Can you pick someone outside of the realm of fiction to bust? Totally. Well, Don't, we're not going to bust Dale Earnhardt. I mean, we're not going to bust Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> well, did you did you hear did you hear the suggestion Aaron made at the last comic show? No, no, no. He he, he said, uh, "I want somebody to, to to throw some money down and a uh, bust Triforce Mike's ghost bike." If you guys are comfortable, I'm, uh, <laughs> I don't know how I felt about it, but no one's no one's uh, laid down on that yet, so I don't. It's not it's not a popular idea at the moment anyway. I'm trying to tell Aaron to put his own money behind that. <laughs> Mainly because I Dude, want his I'll do money. it. You know, I don't even care. Right now we have a. Uh, har- <laughs> <laughs> we got Harvey the Hamster's Half Hour of Horror, uh, which is supported by Archaeus, Trench 88, and Benjamin Britt. That's a, a children's television program um, is being haunted by a Mr. Rogers-like figure who's manifesting his imagination land. Oh, shit. And uh, uh, Malron has supported the haunting of Halifax Harbor, which is a harbor in Canada where um, prior to the uh, testing of nuclear weapons, the world's largest explosion took place due to a uh, military ship filled with ammunition that detonated and killed thousands yeah, of people. It is ridiculous. I looked it up. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, so he, he wants them to bust that problem. And so those are the only two topics we have right now. Uh, we, we are halfway funded at this point, but if you guys want to you know get your idea out there, it's all still within reach. And, of course, every time you crack a $100 mark, uh, like 100 200 if you're that person, you get to choose a microsode for us to talk about. And yeah. even if you just contribute a dollar, you still get perks sent to you in your email, all kinds of fun audio um, and visual stuff to check out. So, um you guys should uh, totally support us, and if you do, then we'll read your messages on, uh, you know, on the show, like right now. Yeah. Uh, Mauron said, "Just listen to episode fifty-nine. Nothing is free in Riverworld, one of our book club episodes. <laughs> Colin cracks me up and can say my alias correctly. That's worth ten dollars." <laughs> <laughs> he recently became um, an honorary producer of the show. He's also a pirate lumberjack, and he had a story. Um, <laughs> if you go to our uh, Meet the Team page, you'll see why. Random little tidbit, he says, listening to The Curious Case of Dean Wallace, our, at this point, rather famous uh, Halloween episode, 
uh, and one of my favorite things we've ever done. He was marking maple trees for uh, syrup harvesting, and he was doing it at dusk because it's a bad idea. The weird telephony noises and creepypasta talk start to mess with you. Just thought I'd let you know in case you folks find yourself in a Canadian bush at dark with your MP3 player on. <laughs> Trench88 contributed to uh, Harvey the Hamster's Half Hour of Horror because he doesn't bite, he doesn't squeal, he just runs around on his hamster wheel. Harvey, <laughs> Harvey. I was hoping that that was what it was, that version, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and Benjamin Britt contributed uh, some money to it. He did it and he earned a microsode, and uh, he actually has this this thing he's been doing. He's been asking us to do a microsode about our first video game experiences, and he, this is his oh. third microsode he's earned, and he's been stacking them. He's the only person who's done this so far, but essentially bit by bit we're going through our nerdy show people and having everybody contribute to to this or as many people as we can huh. so uh, so he's he's got a um an episode that you might be well before you see it but it's definitely in development as far as support for things other than nerdy show bean contributed uh, a really generous amount to map fund the foundation that we started on uh, the name of triforce mike it's a it's a charity that contributes to other charities and uh so thank you so much bean and tolan sent us a box of rare canadian doritos intense pickle and the most coveted dorito in all of the tiefling land of cleveland <laughs> scorching habanero mm. want <laughs> <laughs> gary you wrote to us and said you guys do great work and i would just like to thank you for what you do i only started listening in the last year or so but you guys have made my work life so much better between seasons three and four dungeons and doritos flame on and wicked anime you have kept me entertained and more or less sane for many hours i'm proud to support such a wonderful source of geek entertainment Aww. thank you so much man it really does mean a lot Yay. we love when everybody writes to us and this is perhaps one of the most flattering things of all time michael bond invited the cast and crew of nerdy show to his wedding oh what? it is far away and the chances of any of us attending are slim to none uh but he wrote to us and he said you guys have kept me laughing for years now like out loud while i'm at work laughing the kind where people stare at you not that i'm expecting any of you to travel way out of your way for something silly like my wedding but you guys are totally invited if nothing else it will be an open bar probably worth mentioning that shannon fernandez his lovely bride-to-be uh, loves you guys too. Pretty Aww. sure she had a crush on Triforce Mike. So thanks to everyone for contributing <laughs> to the show. Thank you for writing to us. Thank you for listening to the first official episode of State of the Empire. Uh, we got a track taking us out. What's it going to be, Hex? I think it's got to be the the Ewok Gospel because that's just <laughs> at this too, point. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, if you're listening and you're like, well, but I don't want to know about the gospel. I'm not going to pause Ewoks, this and, and then I'm go gonna... look it up. I so, got to hear it now. They got to hear it. It's All it's right. the only way to close this uh, show properly. Let's do it. Well, so we're going to play that. Thanks for listening. We'll be back when there's more Star Wars news. Bye. I'm Cap. Bye. I'm Hex. Bye. I'm Doug. Bye. I'm Mark with a C. Enjoy. been a quarter of a century now, people, since the rebels won the day. They destroyed that evil empire and the galaxy was saved. Han Solo, Luke, Leia, Lando, they're the heroes we all recall. But let's not forget about their big-hearted friends who were only one meter tall. I'm talking about the Ewoks. They were more than just cute, cuddly bears. Let's give some credit to the Ewoks. Without their help, the Alliance didn't have a prayer. I was surfing the Star Wars message boards, and Lord, I was shocked to read. All the haters putting down the Ewoks. They say they ruined the first trilogy. Well, they may have been at it for the children, and they may have been comic relief. 
And it may not make sense that they could beat stormtroopers with such primitive weaponry. But why you hating on the Ewoks? Tell me what did they ever do to you? Where's the love for the Ewoks? Let's give it up cause it's long overdue. Clap your hands now. Ewoks. The tiny warriors. Ewoks. The fought so bravely. Ewoks. Living like the Amish. Ewoks. Ewoks. Take it Billy D. After Princess Leia crashed the speeder bike, who had our sister's back? Ewoks. And who was it that led the allies to the bunker back door for their sneak attack? And at the end of Act 2, when all was looking bad, who set those captured rebels free? Can somebody remind me who throws the hottest treetop parties in the galaxy? You know he's talking about the Ewoks. They still got it going on after 25 years. Ewoks. Sing it loud so all those haters can hear. Come on now. Ewoks. They're inspirational. Ewoks. They sold so many toys. Young love now, Ewoks, Ewoks, come on now, Ewoks, Ewoks. Okay, jerk, you, you still haven't told me who your favorite Imperial is. All right, I can tell you. Okay, tell me. I, I, I can't remember his name. I'm sure he has a name. Uh, right now, he'll be, he'll be nameless guy. Okay. Uh, on Everybody's got a name in yeah, Star Wars. In, in, in episode four, New Hope. Right. Towards the end. Yeah. Grandma Tarkin's looking at the, at the attack. Yeah. This guy comes up behind and he goes, uh, we've analyzed their attack pattern, sir. Oh, there the is a danger. The sideburns. Shall we have your shuttle standing by? And Grandma Tarkin goes, evacuate to the moment of triumph. I think you overestimate their chances. And he just sort of goes, mm-hmm. And he backs up <laughs> and he goes away. And in my head cannon, uh, I, I believe he, he did good on that shuttle. He did, he did get away. And I, w- uh, I, I would love to see the story of him being uh, uh, on the run. He went AWOL from the Empire. I, th- I think that guy gets it. He's my yeah. favorite Imperial because he was smart. He knew when it was a lost cause. Um, we should we should find out who that guy is because certainly that I mean, guy, like, he has to have I, a name. Hey, we we got, he probably we, here's the thing. We have Wilrow Hood's full backstory. So many Imperials <laughs> got their own cards in the Star Wars tra- uh, collectible card game that they all had names. That's where a chunk of Wilrow's uh, background. I'm gonna comes find from anyway. that guy. I'm gonna frame his picture on my wall. That guy's Imperial you'll get that. You'll one. get his card. That guy. I'm I, ha- get that I guy. had General Veers' card. I, I, I bet. I bet he saw my Imperial you know, deck was. He saw, to he fuck saw with. what a good job the Rebels were doing, and he he said, "All right, he's, he's change, part of Rogue Squadron. Changing sides. He's in Rogue Squadron now. <laughs> well, there is actually an Imperial in some of the backstory in Jedi who had defected and joined them, and he's actually dis- one of the guys disguised as a one of the troopers. Oh, like, okay. Like, if you look at the, in Jedi, there is a guy in the trooper garb with his hands over his head and not wearing a helmet. As the backstory goes, he was oh. actually an Imperial that... He wasn't just an extra who lost his helmet? Right. Okay. Like, in the, in the backstory, he is an Imperial that defected while still with the Empire and was working with them alongside okay. well, that, that guy's got good points, but I'm sticking with my guy. No, I'm just saying... That guy made it... I'm just saying, how cool, how cool would it be if that was the same guy? Holy shit. <laughs> that, now, that's, now you're talking my language. It's like, this guy was and so was good. There, like, he went back and was like, you know what? I love these guys. I'm going to help them destroy the second Death Star. I got to find this guy's name because he was such a good Imperial. He made it to the Death Star, which is like bigger than Area 51. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then he not only went there, but he was so smart. He wasn't so blind to what was really going on. So he was a good soldier, but he wasn't stupid. It'll go on for forever. Okay. Now we're going to be talking about this guy. <laughs> that is the new show. We're just talking about this guy. State of the Empire. <laughs> Hi, this is Christopher Lambert. I want to thank you for listening to this week's episode of Nerdy Show. 
Nerdy Show is brought to you by a comic shop, Nerdapalooza, and the Oviedo branch of Play and Trade. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to send them to info at nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show podcasts via the iTunes store. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Nerdy Show or friend us on Facebook. <laughs> if you enjoyed what you heard, support Nerdy Show by telling a friend, or better yet, giving you money by visiting the Nerdy Show, picking up a T-shirt, donate directly to the Nerdy Show for cool nerdy perks. These guys know how to fight the soldiers of Outworld. They didn't ask you to come back to do Mortal Kombat 2. I'm not quite sure why. I would have done it for free. I don't know why they asked James Remar to play Raiden in Mortal Kombat 2 Annihilation. Hey, I stole your car from the party. Get over it. <laughs>